You're listening to the Leading Healthy Creative Teams podcast with Matt Curtis. This is the podcast that helps you take your creative team from wherever you are today to healthy and effective. Hey friends, thank you so much for joining me this week on the Leading Healthy Creative Teams podcast. Over the next two weeks, I'm going to be talking about adding people to your team. Now, I want you to hear this. This doesn't mean that you're adding paid staff to your team. This can also apply to adding volunteers to your team. One of the challenges that we often run into with our creative teams is that there's just so much going on. I recently saw a post from someone on Facebook where they went from multiple people on their team down to just a couple, and they're still trying to get everything done that they normally need to get done. These are the types of problems that are very common for church creative teams. And I found that when we don't have a clear pathway toward getting more help, the help that we need, or reducing the volume of work that we produce, we create a really unhealthy environment that leads to toxicity, it leads to burnout, it leads to a lot of really bad things. In order to combat that, it's best to be equipped. And when I say equipped, I mean we're ready to bring somebody on the team right now as the opportunity becomes available to us. There are times where we have a very clear pathway for adding someone to our team. We have a volunteer recruitment weekend. Everyone in the church is promoting their ministries and the idea of serving. Or we have a formal job that we're offering somebody. So we're running the job in a variety of different places, and we're hoping to get candidates. What we need to do is we need to prepare for when we have someone that's ready to consider stepping into our ministry. We need to be able to evaluate what they bring to the table effectively. Let's say that your team is particularly gifted in terms of skills, but maybe you're not as strong in the systems area. Well, if somebody else comes to the table and says, hey, I want to serve in your ministry or I'm looking to be hired in your department and they represent skills, they have a lot of skills again, you're going to continually push towards this imbalance. You're going to need some people on your team that are good at systems. You're going to need some people that are good at imagination. You're going to need some people that are good at, you guessed it, heart. Those are the things that you need to try to balance. And so the four creative cores really helps us identify what is the right person for our team? Where are we strong? Where are we deficient? But that's only so helpful. You need the practical day-to-day type of help as well. So this week, I want to talk about what may feel like a weird out of left field topic, but these are the interview questions that I ask people when they're applying for a job or applying for a volunteer role in the organization that I represent. In some cases, I help clients do this as well. I'll run different candidates through interviews and we'll have great conversations around whether or not this fits. And what's wonderful about me coming in from the outside, at least from my perspective, is that I can get this really broad picture of what are the needs of the organization that I'm serving, but I don't get lost in sort of feeling the pressure of the moment. There were so many times for me where as I'm leading a creative team, I felt the pressure of not having enough personnel. It led us to move forward with candidates that over time weren't the best addition to the organization. You may not wanna ask all of these exact questions or you may have a stack that you've built over time. This has taken me probably seven or eight years of interviewing to build this list of questions that I really like. Every time I'm engaging with a new candidate, I'll pull up this list, I'll look over it again, and I'll make any adjustments that I need to in order to specifically speak towards the person that I'm interviewing or the specific role. I wanna share these questions with you this week because having questions to ask isn't really the goal of an interview. 
you want to know why you're asking the questions. So I'm going to give you both the question itself, and then I'm going to give you an underlying layer as to why this question is important and what it does for me in my assessment. These questions are going to be the free download in the Creative Bytes email newsletter this week. So if you are hearing this podcast and are wondering if this resource is available anywhere, it is. Go to lunchtimeheroes.co find resources and you can click on the past resources link there and you'll have all of those things as well as all of the past freebies that have been sent out. Once you're there, sign up for the email newsletter. You'll get these resources directly sent to your inbox. I don't use this email as a platform to be a heavy selling tool for me. I don't have like seven funnels that I can run you through to make millions of dollars. Uh, I do promote my cohort, the creative leadership cohort every once in a while, usually as a new one launches in case that's something that you see as the right next step for you as you grow in your leadership as a creative leader in the church. The goal for all of this is to help equip church creatives with the tools and the resources that can help them build healthy creative teams. That's what I'm all about, helping churches build healthy creative teams. I always love starting my interviews, especially because this is church context. So if you happen to be listening and you're not part of a church, you're going to wonder why the first question here is, how did you come to know Christ? Usually other people on the team are also going to be digging into this. So this is less of you have to have your concordance out to make sure they cite the right passages, but this is more for you to get insight into the story behind them coming to know Christ. I have had candidates who could not answer this question well, and for me, that's a red flag. Even though I wasn't the theological interview, I really want people who understand why they believe what they believe on my team. And the reason is because if you don't have a sound grasp of theology or even what you believe theologically, I'm separating those two, two out. Let's say that you have some solid convictions personally, but they don't always line up with the, uh, the company line of the organization of the church that you're serving. In a way, that's fine. I just need to know where you stand and I also need to be able to identify, are there going to be any overlaps here that are, that are good? Or are there going to be any conflicts here that are bad? I've had people on my team that theologically come from a different background and have a different perspective. I've had some of those go really well, and I've had some of those go pretty poorly. And it's important that you see those things because you're the one who's going to be managing these people. You need to be able to navigate these complexities because this is a part of managing. It also helps you understand where they're coming from and a little bit of their background. So always start there. How did you come to know Christ? Second, I want to know, have you ever served at a church before? This is really important for me because I actually wasn't inclined to go into church ministry because of cautions, and I think wise cautions, that my dad shared with me prior to me joining a church staff. Working at a church is hard. I need to know if this person who's sitting across the table from me or on the other end of the Zoom call do they have experience in this environment? And if they do, what are some of the challenges that they faced? I want to hear what their perspective is. If they say they haven't, my goal in interviewing is not to convince or coerce anyone to want to work at this place or to accept this role. I want to pull the curtain back. And in some cases, I want to say, these are the specific problems that we have. Do you feel like you're capable of being able to help lean in and solve some of these problems? Do you think you're capable of navigating this complexity to help lead us to a healthier and a more effective place? That's what I'm trying to do in my interview. So this sub point here in question number two, if they haven't worked at a church, I want to walk through these things. Hey, do you think it's going to be tricky to work where you worship? What do you think about that? Tell me some more. What about decisions that you don't agree with? How are you going to handle that? Do you submit to leadership here? Does submitting to leadership 
mean every single purchase is in question? What does that look like? Unpack that a little bit. Will seeing how things function frustrate you? And I met some people that they did not like how things ran behind the scenes. Sorry, <laughs> I would love for you to be able to see that ahead of time. And that's what this conversation is really focused around. And the last area that I think is, is reasonable to kind of unpack, what if you don't agree with certain financial decisions? Each of these questions, you don't have to ask all four of them, but each of these kind of points to a different type of challenge that exists in working for a church. So we've had some people that I've worked alongside that they had some real trouble with the financial decisions that were being made. Part of that is because it's centered a little bit more on their job than maybe that would on a kid's ministry person. So think about the context, think about the role that you're asking somebody to step into, and then think about what is the next logical kind of caution or warning to give them some insights on what it's like to serve on a church staff. From here, we've really gotten all of the church questions out of the way. There's only two. Tell me about how you came to know Jesus. Talk to me about working in a church. Have you done it? If you haven't, tell me a little bit about what you anticipate might be difficult. Now we're shifting off of those questions and on to trade questions. First, tell me a little bit about your background with your trade. And so I usually replace your trade with, tell me a little bit about your background as a graphic designer. Tell me about, you know, where'd you come from? Did you go to school for it? You self-taught? Talk to me a little bit about that. I always love keeping it really open-ended. I don't ask specifically, tell me about a specific, specific thing about design. I say, tell me about it. I want to know where they go with it. What is it that this candidate is driven by when it comes to applying their trade, in this example, graphic design, toward the mission of the church? Why is that happening? You're going to learn a little bit more about this candidate when they talk about Whatever it is that they start talking about when you say, tell me about it. I think that's a very wise practice. I have found that to be very beneficial in my own interviewing practices where I will leave the door open for them to have the conversation. So we want to hear a little bit more about their background. Next, how do you balance excellence in your trade and accomplishing the church's mission? We're going for it here. That's great that you're good at your thing, but... We're here to accomplish the mission of the church. You're already dripping values to this person, this candidate, in the conversation that is four questions deep now. Have you ever thought about this tension? Oftentimes they haven't, but if they have, then you get to learn a little bit more about what they have to say about it, what they have done thinking around. It's okay if they haven't really thought about it. This is the beginning of them thinking about it. Because as you lead them, you're going to want to continue to stoke this idea of how do we leverage our trade to serve the mission of the church? The fifth question, how do you navigate last minute changes? They are going to happen. <laughs> you will learn a lot in this answer. What you're trying to do here is you're trying to reveal how does this person think? If they say, I get really frustrated, if they say, I get angry, if they say, I get stressed, those are all okay things. Then follow up with, okay, so then how do you cope with that? How do you get past that? How do you resolve that? It's going to give you insight, not just in how they respond, but how you're going to need to manage them. The next question here, what do you do if you see a project drifting off course? Here we're looking for ownership. How much does this potential candidate own the things that they see? Do they see a problem coming and just ignore it? Do they not have the content that they need, but instead of being proactive and going to solve the problem, they just sit at their desk and wait for the ministry leader to come to them and basically throw gasoline on the fire that's already there. You're looking for that proactivity and ownership. How much does this person 
own the problems that they see in their life. Next, we wanna know how do you handle stress? The reality is that everything in the creative sphere has a high stress level. It's just part of the nature of the creative industry. There are a lot of different people participating in the different projects. There's information coming from multiple sources. There are deadlines, there's outside vendors, there's strategy, there's technology. There's a lot of opportunity for the ball to drop on creative projects. So how do they handle stress? Some people will say, I just, I put my head down and I power through it. Other people will say, I, I have to go for a walk. This is another clue in terms of how you need to lead and manage this person, but also how you can support them well as a boss, but also as a human being. If you have somebody on your team that's very stress prone, there's nothing wrong with that, but it means that you need to be proactive in helping them manage that well as a leader and as one who cares for them. How well do you take direction? I've had people on my team who do not take it well and they push back really hard. And I have others that don't even question things. They literally just execute and get it done. Helpful to know which of those two they are or where they land in the middle. How do you take direction? How do you go about elevating concerns or issues to leadership? The creative endeavors of the church are unique because so many other departments have to contribute in order for things to be functioning. What this does is this gives you a very clear picture into the health of an organization through the creative team. That's a piece of why I'm so focused on healthy creative teams because I believe that it has the potential to radiate out and create health in the rest of the organization. The reason that you want to ask this person that you're potentially adding to your team how they handle this stuff, how do they elevate these concerns to leadership, is because there will be concerns and there will be issues. If somebody on your team isn't going to lean into the issues that are being presented to them or at least bring them up to leadership in a healthy way, it's going to be problematic for them over the long haul. And so if they say, oh, I don't anticipate there's going to be any issues, then it's reasonable to push back and say, I guarantee you there will be issues how will you respond to that? This is a real important one for their own benefit and their own well-being. You need them to be proactive in pursuing healthiness. Part of that is, hey, I'm having a problem with this person. Hey, I'm frustrated by this situation. Hey, this is a problem that I noticed. How do we resolve it? That's what you need. Somebody who's proactive about bringing these things to leadership. However, there's also a line here to say, I don't dictate how problems are solved. I had one conversation with a potential candidate and essentially we ask what happens if you get a last minute project and their response was, I'm gonna tell them they can't have it done. That didn't work for us culturally and so we didn't move forward with that candidate. You're trying to understand how do they bring these things up? And so if they bring something up to leadership and they say, I'm gonna tell leadership this is what they need to do, eh, that probably won't go over too well. How about you present it to leadership and then you trust that they'll solve it as is appropriate. Next, what type of personalities are the most difficult for you to work with? I know there's tests that will reveal this. There's strength finders and Enneagram and DISC. I really like hearing this from the individual person. It tells me if they're self-aware or not. It tells me if they've spent any time at all working on getting better at interacting with people that are different than them or are a particular struggle. I could tell you right now, there's certain people that were really difficult for me to work with. And I also can tell you, these are some of the things that I did in order to try to resolve that. That's what you're looking for. Are they self-aware? Do they know that they have a hard time working with people? And then do they have almost like a cultural sensitivity where they're able to actually solve that problem in a way that lets them work with that type of person? I've heard some really bad answers to this question. That's what you're trying to get at. You're trying to reveal some of these things. How is it that you try to approach 
people that you struggle with in a way that's effective, that leads to a positive working relationship. Now, the last three questions, we're going to shift a little bit more toward this idea of serving in a church. So that's where we start. What excites you about the idea of working at a church? What are the things that just sound amazing? What are the things that sound really, really cool? We're allowed to be optimistic in this. Yes, earlier we talked about some of the potential challenges and concerns, but we want to really lean into the opportunity here. For me personally, I am so thankful for the time that I've been able to serve the church on staff. I'm beyond loving this phase of my life where I'm getting to work with multiple churches as clients. It has been the most rewarding season of my professional life by a mile. That's awesome. Let's talk about it. Let's enjoy that together. What's the optimistic side of working with the church? We're trying to get to the positives and get excited about this potential role. From there, we want to talk about the specific role. We want to talk about the upsides. What are you excited about with this specific role? And then what are some concerns about this specific role? That's a very fair balance around the job itself, not just the abstract idea of working for a church and a larger mission. Tell me about being a designer on a church staff. What are the good things that you anticipate? What are some of the challenges? Tell me about running productions on a church staff. What are the good things? What are some of the challenges? We really want to hear both sides of that coin. And if they come to you with, I think everything's going to be fantastic, they're wrong. <laughs> it won't be. We know that. <laughs> I know that from serving on a church staff. Everything is not fantastic. There are plenty of amazing things, though. But let's hear the realism here. Do they have a good perspective on how this will be? And then the last question here, tell me about areas in your skill set that you're wanting to get better at, the way that I phrase it. Tell me about skills or areas that you want to improve on in your work. How do we identify in our own skill set where we're lacking? Those are the types of things that we want to surface here. Does this candidate have the ability to evaluate themselves? Can they critique their work? Do they see blind spots or weaknesses in their own ability to create content or create artwork? Those are the things that we're trying to figure out, and this last question does it. Philosophically for me, when I approach an interview, I'm looking to let the candidate do as much talking as possible and for me to guide the conversation toward these different topics. I usually start the conversation to say, all right, I have a handful of questions that I'm going to be asking you, and I'm going to be paying attention to the answers that you give, but I'm going to be focusing on taking notes that give me the insights I need in order to make a decision. I want to make sure it's very clear that I'm paying attention and that I'm engaged, but also that they know that if they hear typing on, my, on a Zoom call or if they see me writing notes as we're talking, I'm just trying to capture some of the things that are really good things to capture. I'm also a fan of being very friendly and being very relational in the conversation. If this is just a transactional encounter, then I'll just send you the questions and we won't take each other's time. You answer them on your own and give them back to me and then I have my answers. That's not at all how I want to approach this. So I keep it very natural and very casual in the sense that I do have a list of questions, but I want to hear their heart behind the things that are happening. There are times in the conversation where when I feel like it's appropriate, I will share information about myself as well. Man, I love what you're saying there. I had this happen to me in a similar type of an environment. It was a last minute project. This was the type of thing that happened. I love the way that you've responded to this because I've seen the same thing work in my own career. Here's why I do that. I want people to be affirmed when they are giving answers that I see to be very good answers. I don't know what the next step's gonna be. I don't know if this is gonna be a candidate that we move forward with, but I have an opportunity right now to invest in the person across the table from me and I can help them be affirmed in the good things that they're doing in their career. 
the, the personal decisions that they're making, the way they're caring for their family. When I hear things that are good things that are surfacing, I want to bring those up. I want to call them out. I want to affirm them and celebrate them because this is my way of helping them see that they're on the right track, whether they get the job or not. To wrap up every interview, I do two things. I thank them for their time. Hey, thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation. Really appreciate your insights and appreciate the thoughtfulness that you shared and that you showed in the way that you responded to these questions. Then I give them clarity about what's happening next. The next step here is for me to reconnect with the hiring manager. We're going to go over our notes and then we're going to have a discussion about all of the different candidates that we've had conversations with, and then someone will be in touch with you shortly in terms of the next steps in the process. I don't always know all of the next steps. I don't always know a time frame, and so I don't pr make promises with regards to that. Even if I have a time-sensitive next step, in two days we'll get back to you. You'll hear from us by the end of the week. I've actually stopped sharing that information because I found all it does is it adds stress if we miss the mark on our end. So let's say I'll let you know by Friday and something happens, big problem happens in the office and we're not able to get back to them by Friday. Well, now this poor candidate is sweating bullets over the whole weekend. I guess I didn't get the job. I didn't hear back from them. That's miserable. And so I always try to be as clear as possible that there is a next step. We will let you know when we are able to let you know. And then internally, we do our best to have all of those conversations as quickly as possible. There's a good chance that you don't govern the process when it comes to hiring, but you have a small piece of it. And that's where these questions fit. I didn't govern the entirety of our hiring process. I just got to speak in when I was having candidates apply for roles that were under my purview. Know that these questions are really designed to be for your piece of the interview process, but I hope that they're helpful for you as you begin to navigate. How do we add people to the team? I mentioned this in the beginning, but I just want to bring it up one last time. This is for paid staff as well as volunteers. I'm a big fan of getting to know our volunteers on a very deep level. I want to understand who these people are and the way that they're serving with us in the ministry. Just because they don't get a paycheck doesn't mean that I can't invest in them. I'm going to invest in anybody that God puts under my care, whether they're paid or whether they're volunteer. For me personally, that's a line that I've drawn as a leader. Anybody who's under my care for any amount of time, I'm going to do my best to grow them and invest in them as much as possible. Thanks for listening to this episode of Leading Healthy Creative Teams. This podcast is just one of the ways Lunchtime Heroes helps build healthy creative teams in the church. Stay up to date on the latest by signing up for the Creative Bites email at lunchtimeheroes.co.